Welcome. You're at OTR, Over the Rainbow, Achieving Mental Health for Real. OTR is a safe place where you can go to hear how real people recover from all kinds of mental issues. Also, this show sometimes has experts with practical tips that can help a lot. Your host is Bob Adelman, who brings you important information and interesting shows and interviews to help you with your journey. Bob also has occasional solo shows, like the popular Beating Severe Anxiety and Depression, which takes you through a severe depression, which some calls a nervous breakdown, although Bob refers to it as an episode. And finally, the most important function of the show is to lessen the stigma of mental illness and allow people to talk about their issues to show that mental illness is nothing to be ashamed and embarrassed about to try to prevent suicides which crush the family of the person's son and death there will be opinions about medicine versus natural healing and much more now here is your host bob adelman i want to welcome juliet to the show she's our new prep announcer I need all the prep I can get. Uh, today's show is about a person that suffers from depersonalization and panic attacks. And how he went through a recovery and is in a very good place right now. His name is Greg Corwin. And we'll have the interview right now. Hi, Greg. How are you doing? Good. Can you tell the listener a little bit about yourself? My name is Greg Corwin. Um, I'm 42. I live in uh, Spokane, Washington. Um, I've had anxiety issues on that front for probably since 1999, kind of when it all started uh, in college. Um, I was in, I would get these episodes of what I called, what's called derealization or depersonalization, and it kind of came and went kind of like taking like a small hit of marijuana it's just like kind of just being totally just out of it and kind of numb you feel like you're not in the moment then right um you are but you aren't it's just a bit of a disconnect kind of like a maybe like a piece of glass is in between you and reality okay that's a good way to put it um yeah that's kind of so when when did that kind of anxiety start for you i was in my 20s i would say I kind of always been, a, you know, kind of a worrier, a little bit on the anxious side, but it really didn't kind of start taking over till I was in college. Do you have like a family background as far as it was your mother or father very uh, nervous all the time? Because my, my mother was super nervous. Yeah, my mom's a worrier too. That's what she said a mom's job is to do is to worry. So, I mean, like that's kind of, <laughs> that instills something very, very early on, right? Okay. Uh, so you were talking about how your um, panic started, right? Yeah. It, yeah, in college. Um, one day I was sitting there, and ironically it was a, a, like a health class about uh, blood glucose, and I just passed out. Like, next thing I know, I'm like thinking, I'm waking up thinking, why is everybody in my bedroom? Like, I was just hit the floor, I just passed out. And ever since then, that derealization hasn't gone away. And it's uh-huh. it's had... um. I've had anxiety episodes too. I'm kind of like a constant anxiety, depression kind of going along with that. Um, some ang- anxiety or panic attacks too, but um, those are kind of a thing in the past with me right now. But yeah, the 
the depersonalization is is something that stuck with me for a while. I'm still working through that. Yeah, that sounds bad. Um, what what happened to me is about 11, 12 years old. I uh, went to doing rituals, OCD rituals. Mm-hmm. I, I was always ADHD, but mm-hmm. so I was I was kind of a bumblehead. I still am. I mean, <laughs> I screw up this podcast like crazy. I have to do super edits. So you're saying college really brought it on the, the pressure of college? Yeah, I think um, what a therapist that I went to kind of hit it spot on. And she's like, you weren't ready to move out of your house. Like I wasn't like mentally I was, you know, I could do anything. Um, it's just handling my emotions and handling basically society and the people around me. I was, when I was younger, I got a lot of bully. Um, I was a really nice guy, really shy guy. So people would kind of take advantage of that and pick on me and bully me. So I think like I never really learned how to deal, push back and deal and stand up for myself and be assertive, yeah, especially in my 20s. That's so a I think, big problem, bullying. Yeah. So I, I think not having that skill set, like kind of the depersonalization and anxiety kind of took over and like, it's like, <laughs> we'll handle this for you. You know, you don't really have to. Wow. That's unfortunate. Um, so, but you were able to get married in it and you have some beautiful children, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have two, uh, two young girls. I'm functional, you know, I stay home with my girls now, but before I, like, I got a degree in physics, like a minor in math, like I've worked at, you know, pretty good jobs. So, I mean, it's not, hasn't debilitated me in that way. I mean, I've probably okay. missed out on, missed out on stuff. But you did have, um, like, major episodes at certain times in your life? Um, I would get anxiety or panic attacks. Um, mostly it revolved around being, like, in a spot where I didn't have control. Like, at where I worked at a place where I couldn't, it wasn't really easy for me to leave my, leave the spot where I was working to go, say, to the bathroom or get a drink. And that would cause, like, I'd say, basically stay three hours in one spot without being able to leave. Um, I was watching a production line for pharmaceuticals, so <clears throat> we it was a big deal to leave. So that would uh, that would tr- always trigger every once in a while, yeah. like maybe once a week, a panic attack. Every time I was out of control like that, like for instance, uh, I used to drive home from work. It was like an hour, and I get I get on the highway and I would have an instant anxiety attack. And it was like I couldn't go any further. I actually got out of the car one time. They didn't have cell phones back then, but they uh-huh. called on the payphone and said, you know, I'm really messed up. And my, uh-huh. wife, and my wife was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, just <laughs> just come home. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think. So 19, yeah. and then you met your wife after that? Uh, yeah, I met my wife in 2006. So I was in college, like, 99, around there. Um. I kind of, I, well, I went to college. I went to like a junior college. I moved over uh, to Seattle to play rock and roll. Tell me a little bit about that. That sounds well, exciting. Yeah. We, we weren't too big. It was, it was mostly for fun. We started in Spokane with some friends. I played guitar. My, one of my really good buddies since first grade played bass. So we're like, heck, we need to get a band together. And then I went, our other good buddies played drums and then we ran into a singer, and we started playing shows around Spokane. Um, it's a smaller town. It's like 400,000 people. 
Um, and me and the singer, after a couple of years, um, decided to move over to Seattle. Uh, we were installing stereos for Best Buy. And there was just kind of a job opportunity over there and stuff. So we went over there and started playing. We didn't really get very far. We mostly went, we went to a ton of shows um, and kind of did this or that with it. But we never really formed another band. And then a couple of years, about a year and a half after that, after moving to Seattle, I came back to Spokane and um, kind of played music with the other three guys, okay. the bass player and the drummer. Mm-hmm. And then I went back. Then after that, that's when I went back to college um, and finished up my degree. So and you then got, I met my you wife. got to meet your future wife when you were on the road then? Um, no, actually, I met her at one of the shows where I was playing. Actually, when I came back, I played in another band and we were playing a show. And her friend was like, hey, come check this you know, come check this band out and stuff. And then I met her there, yeah. That sounds good. And you've been married how many years? Uh, it'll be 10 years in August. Wow, that's great. And your kids are how old? Uh, five and seven. So, uh, other than anxiety, do you have a lot of depression that goes along with that? Uh, the depression kind of comes and goes. Um, I would, I wouldn't say it's a constant. i say it's kind of like hit or miss, you know. So you, you can have a panic attack. How long do it usually last? Um, it's, it's something I, I haven't had one in about four years or so. Okay. But they, I would say they last, it's tough to tell time, you know, um, 15, 20 minutes maybe. Uh, it probably seems forever though. Yeah, um, they're, they're one of the worst. Yeah. Yeah, they're one of the worst things. Okay, so... After the panic attack, you just feel normal again. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I always noticed, like, more relaxation after, kind of. Because I used well, when I was in those situations, I couldn't, like, I couldn't leave, so I had to deal with it. I was forced to deal with it, you know what I mean? So I always, after it passed, I would usually, yeah, feel pretty relaxed. What happens with me is, um, before any event, even today, I get super nervous. Mm-hmm. And then once I start doing it, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Because I think I produce adrenaline. I'm like an adrenaline junkie. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and so, but with me, the depression lasts. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to check out any of my podcasts, but I have an episode called uh, Fighting Demons. And mm-hmm. what we say in there is that on each shoulder is a demon that tells you you can't do something when you know you can do it. And you got to fight that every day by changing your thought pattern. All right. So uh, what do you use to treat your anxiety? Do you use uh, modern medicine? Um, I have. I have, and I, the results weren't good. Um, I took Lexapro, Boost Bar, uh, Xanax, um, What's the one back in the day? Uh, Prozac? I forget. Yeah, Prozac. Okay. That was the first one. I don't think they prescribed that one much. Yeah, I know them all by, I know them all by heart. So it's, yeah. It's, uh, but, they're my friends. I, I take a lot of medicine. I take the whole slew of medicine, and it keeps me stable. And that's uh-huh. the, right now, that's the best I can get. I'm working on it. I'm working really hard on my ADHD, but... I think I need to get some kind of Ritalin or something like that. But, but go ahead. Yeah. The, 
I don't know if it just didn't jive with me, but the side effects were always too much, or it didn't do anything for me. The, the Xanax helped, but that's one of those ones that you get addicted to. So Yeah, I'm, 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 that, that's my problem right now. I'm coming off of Xanax, so I'm super anxiety mode. Uh, but, um, so what, what did you go after? Like when that, those didn't work, what did you do after that? Um, I went to, I went to a good, I found a good therapist pretty early on. Um, he was around that time I was looking into like a lot of, um, Alan Watts, um, guys like that, like Carl Young, guys mm-hmm. like that really kind of vibe with me back then. And I, I ran into this therapist or I got um, referred to this therapist and he was more in that vein. He was more Eastern kind of, he wasn't like a hippie or hippie. He's just kind of an older guy who, who knew the benefits of the Eastern kind of meditation and um, relaxation exercises. So he kind of turned me on to, um, he was calling it like point meditation, like just meditating on one single point for half hour or so. Um, but I kind of took it farther and I started doing more traditional like um eastern or buddhist meditation Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of what took me on the path of getting help or helping myself really and i I, yeah i really found that writing helped a ton right Um, writing something now i used to write just because i i think all this stems like anger and depression i've seen it stems from anger Mm -hmm. from um, anxiety being more um, unexpressed anger right, right. Um, and depression more being anger kind of turns turned toward yourself right and I think that's that little, yeah. that's passed down to us probably how to deal with it from our parents and just kind of our our DNA or whatever you want to call it right. um, so yeah I start that kind of started me down this big old long path of like Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, um, mm-hmm. well, it's like Ramana Maharshi, uh, Nisarag, I can't pronounce his name, <laughs> Nisaragata Maharaj, like guys like that that are really, really deep into this, in the meditation and finding the self. And, okay. and, and, and we were talking and you said that you actually wrote a book? Yeah, I've written um, three kind of shorter books. Um, is I, when I started writing, I kind of, when I started getting some help from this, I'm like, I want to help other people. Like that's, I kind of really felt pulled to do that. And so I started a blog on Tumblr, um, called the common side. Um, it's kind of a play on uh, a band Everclear had a song called the twist inside. And that was, that song is kind of like represent a lot of my anxiety and, and it, I don't know, it's just a good song. And, uh, so I started writing the blog and it got pretty popular. I started writing to people, um, just kind of intuitively, just sensing what they needed, and just writing to them. Um, from everything from suicide to relationships to uh, just you name it. Some people would write me about what I thought about, like fashion shows and stuff. <laughs> but uh, it, it got pretty popular, and I wrote a ton. Uh, and then Tumblr kind of took a nosedive. They yeah kind of censored a lot of it so it's not as as busy as it is now which is kind of good um gives me space to do other things so i was i mean i was writing like five or six things people a day and you know kind of drained me out a little bit i guess 
What are the names? Yeah. The names of the book, and how can we uh, find them? Are they on the Amazon or such? Yeah, um, they're on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, like basically anywhere. Um, they're called. The first one I wrote is called Pain, Life, Love. Um, in spite, I put it by the common side, just because I felt like that part of me was writing the books. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a related book called Heart Home Now. Um, same by the common side. And then there's a, a book called Still Small Voice, which is more like poetry. Okay. Sounds nice. Okay, so um, tell us more about... Um, the band. I mean, how many years did you play in that band? Uh, let me think. It was probably 98 to on and off to like 2007. And, and what was, was like the biggest, because this has always been a dream of mine to, to do that, like everybody else. What was uh-huh. the biggest crowd you would play with? Just a um, We, in the hundreds, like three or three, four hundred. Um, we got... We did a radio show in Spokane. It was kind of like a live. <laughs> that was that was a pretty fun experience because it was like we were doing a battle of the bands on Saturday. Like right after we got done with the battle of the bands, the radio host guy that we submitted our stuff to to get on his radio show, his radio show's on Sunday. He called us right after the battle of the bands. Um, and then so we had to figure out how to do all our songs acoustic or three or four of our songs acoustic in like 24 hours <laughs> wow. so, we went on, so then we went on uh uh we went on his show and did that and it was fun it was yeah it was like that playing with those guys and stuff was it was probably the most self-destructive time of my life but it was probably one of the most fun but actually playing fun. music was that therapeutic because it's very therapeutic for me to listen to music oh yeah music yeah playing i always felt after it was over, I always felt super relaxed. I mean, obviously nervous, mm-hmm. you know, anxious beforehand. But after it was over, after our set was over, it was, yeah, it was just fun, just relaxed. So you wrote a book, uh, and now your job is what again? I'm sorry. Um, I'm fortunate that my wife makes good enough money doing what she does, so I stay home with my girls. Oh, that's not unfortunate. Like a, that's great. That's great. Tell us, a, <laughs> tell us a little story about that. They're crazy girls. They, uh, I don't know. We, it's, it's kind of typical home life. Like, I'll go to the store. And, you so know, your, I mean, t- your typical day is like what? Um, if my let's say my oldest has school, she was in second grade till yesterday. But if she had school, I get up about seven, get them ready. Um, my youngest would always want to go downstairs watch TV. Uh, my oldest likes to sleep in till she'd sleep until like nine o'clock. But school starts at eight thirty, so that doesn't work. So I <laughs> I get her up and get her dressed. Uh, get everybody out the door. Uh, we have a dog. We got a Pomsky pup. Oh, she's nice. she's she's a good pup. But then we walk down to the school, come back. Usually I'll make my youngest like breakfast. Wow. And then I'll I'll kind of do chores around the house, and then we'll either like I'll play Minecraft or we'll like I'll I'm teaching her the basic stuff for so she's ready for kindergarten. Um, we got like. We got a pool and a trampoline and swings and stuff. So wow. we, we spend some time outdoors, but I'll come over someday. It <laughs> <That> sounds like <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Did they have to work at home in the in the COVID crisis? Um, she was deemed essential to, for what she does, so she uh, she had to go in every day. 
But the kids, did they get to work at home? Oh, the ki- yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. The kids. Uh, yeah, they. Uh, my oldest was homeschooled from Mar- uh, what was it like March of last year till uh, right around Thanksgiving time now, this year. Now tell me the truth because I don't believe it. They said the kids <laughs> were were happy to go back to school. Is that true? Uh, <laughs> I yeah, she was happy. Her, the right. first because when they first had it she she gets uh kind of overwhelmed by all the crowds and stuff by all the kids so when they first went back it was just the second graders and the first graders and the kindergartners so she was she was loving that but wow. um i think yeah. she yeah she has her friends so she's got to you know kids got to interact and that's great yeah i don't and, i don't think school starts to suck until about junior high then it's like because <laughs> <laughs> i went to a junior high that was just crazy there's a lot of really kind of bad kids and I almost got involved with all of that, but uh-huh. I, ma- I managed to get through because my depression started in uh, like high school and uh, I would have days where I would not even get out of bed. And, uh-huh. and and the horrible thing about that is my parents wouldn't do anything about it. It took my sister-in-law to say, Hey, this guy needs some help uh-huh. uh, before I got to the psychiatrist. And he started me on medicine and, I've been on and off since then, but now definitely on. I had two episodes, one in 91 and one in uh, uh, 2009. Uh But, you know, I don't think the hospitals are a bargain. I mean, they're good to stabilize you, but that's about it. Uh, Uh So you think you have your problems pretty much under control then? Um. That's a that's a uh, interesting question. Yeah, I I don't get the extreme episodes okay. anymore, um, and that. Um, but I, everybody has ups and downs, you know. I mean, sure. I mean, you, we think everybody else has got it really great, you know. Like the grass is always greener. Oh, it's Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Facebook people. My yeah. wife is like that. She she puts tons of pictures on Facebook. I lived it with her for 13 years. She was miserable. Maybe it was mm-hmm. me, but she just puts off that, you know, I'm having a great time and all this kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. That's never really true. But, yeah. Um, it, it's like holding up, a, it's like wearing a mask for sure. And, and almost everybody does it. It's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah every, everybody has their own deals. I mean, maybe it's not depression or anxiety, but I mean, some people could have cancer, some people could have, you know, any number of things, you know, so. Okay. Do you, do you, uh, go on Facebook a lot? Um, I do now. I used okay. to not. Okay. Um, it's just, you put pictures out there now. Um, my wife does mostly. Okay. I'll just, I'll just comment on stupid stuff. <laughs> you know, like what? Give me an example. If you can think of it. Random. Like okay. I'll, I do uh fantasy football stuff. So oh, you do fantasy football? Come. Yeah, like, I'm big into sports, too. Oh, what's your favorite team? Uh, the Hawks, Seahawks. Oh, of course. Yep, and then uh, living in Spokane, I have to watch Gonzaga, but I love watching them play, too. Okay, and then... The basketball, college basketball team. Okay, how about... Oh, I see. How about baseball? Do you have... Because I'm a big, big-time Super Yankee fan. Oh. <laughs> you probably hate me. No, 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 no. Quite the opposite. My uh, one of my good friends that I played, that was a bass player. 
he was a huge Yankees fan growing up. I liked the the uh, the A's, the Athletics. Oh. And but then I, when I started living with him, he turned me on to the Yankees. And, okay. Uh, do, do you I, watch? Do you watch baseball now? Like I, mean, I used of... to. I used to a ton. Uh-huh. Like 2006, 2007, like Gary Sheffield, like oh, uh, yeah. that era. You know, Robinson Cano was probably my favorite player. Oh, but then he, he was a well, trader. He, he was, yeah, he went to the... Yeah. But probably probably Mo is my second favorite. Okay. I really like Mo. Mariano Rivera but, for everybody else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I... Yeah, that's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, I... I, I haven't been watching. It's it's such a commitment. My wife doesn't like it. She'll sleep. She'll. My wife turned me on to football. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, she, I'm a Giants. She's down with that, but. I'm New York area, so I'm a Giants fan. I was a Knicks fan. Uh, I love the Giants at G Men. You know mm-hmm. that when they took it from the Patriots, I, that was the greatest oh, thing yeah. in the world. Oh, but, I hate the pit. any any team from Boston. I'm not a fan of. So going forward, um, I know you said everything's pretty good. What do you have any like real goals at this point um, that you can talk about? Um, I'd like to. I'm pursuing the writing more, okay. kind of like promoting the books, um, trying to help people. Like that's kind of what I feel like I'm drawn to. Like I've done all these other things in life, but like it. it like it seems like it's all I've derailed everything either like by myself, like subconsciously or just um, just kind of things fell apart. But with the writing, it's just like everything I do is like this feels like the path I should be going on. So I'm just trying to write and help people. And okay. um, yeah. Okay. So um, you had mentioned that you wanted to talk about relationships. I wasn't clear what you meant. Um, how is your relationship as far as, because for me, the ADHD gets in the way. I just piss everybody off because, I don't know, I interrupt sometimes like I did here and uh, they think I'm rude, oh. but it's really, uh, it, it. I don't see it as an affliction. I see it as a positive. And I mean, what I'm saying is that it's, I should see it as a positive. I'm working really hard to see it as a positive because uh-huh. it because it affected my relationships, and uh, right now, you know, I'm I'm kind of by myself. So, did you want to talk about relationships at all? Um, I think I was mentioning like our relationships with our with the the pain, the emotional pain and stuff. Uh-huh. But um, with as far as as the relationships, one thing I'd point out is you're probably really sensitive to your environment and everybody around you. So when people are around you, it, it probably brings up stuff that you don't, oh, yeah. I mean, you don't, you, you don't like empath. Like, like for, you don't for, for example, um, I was going to get a COVID test, but it happened to be yeah. the same day that my son was doing his reveal, you know, you reveal mm-hmm. the sex and he mm-hmm. mentioned it to me, but like, you know, I'm a knucklehead. I forgot all about it. And I found out that my daughter and my son are going, and I was left out. And, of course, they have this big picture on Facebook with everybody but me. So I got uh-huh. I got very upset, and then my daughter got upset, and she didn't talk to me for basically all of spring. <laughs> uh-huh. Which, like, two and a half months, she didn't 
she didn't say a word. She didn't contact me. So I'm working on it. It's, it's a real work in progress. Um, I do have a couple of really good friends. One of them has affliction similar to myself. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, I have, uh, uh, another person who is more of a, let's talk about baseball, that type of thing. So yeah. it works out good. I mean, I, I can call them when I need to. And living alone does have its advantages, but I really wish I could get a dog. Uh-huh. Uh, for me, dogs are terrific. They, they calm you down. They're really nice animals. But, yeah. Um, so is there anything that we missed? I always ask at the end if there's anything that we didn't get to cover that you would like to talk about. Probably, I don't know. I, I think a lot of the takeaways I have is just be gentle with yourself. Like, you know, I mean, a lot of the stuff that you beat yourself up about is just is passed down from from your dad or you might notice your dad's voice or your mom's voice right. you know, substituted as yours inside your head. Right. They say they say that you substitute the 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 same thing that happened to you. You 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 have a tendency to do that with people that you have relationships with. So you tend to try to fix uh, the parents the, uh, uh-huh. the the relationship with your wife. But it sounds like you're you, you two are getting along pretty well. Yeah. From what I can hear, that's great. Yeah, I mean, we have our ups and downs, but it's, it's good. Okay. Can't so, complain. So, so we're good. Um, well, is there a way that, or do you want people to uh, write you or contact you if they have any questions? Um, yeah, you can email me. Um, my email is gcorwin26 at gmail.com. Um, or if you're on Tumblr, um, you can look at the common side, all one word. T-H-E-C-A-L-M-I-N-S-I-D-E. That's your blog, yeah. Yeah, that's, and then I'm on Instagram and um, Facebook is Greg Corwin, so. Great, terrific. Well, you've been an uh, absolute terrific guest because, I don't know, nobody else knows this, but we had technical problems in the beginning and he was very patient and I appreciate (laughs) that. Yeah, uh, no problem. It's probably not my best day, but uh, (laughs) I'm trying to make it through as best as I can. I really appreciate you coming on the show and I wish you all luck in the world. Uh, so, so have a very nice day today. All right, you too. So there you go. Greg Corwin, he suffered from depersonalization disorder and panic attacks and the medicine didn't seem to help so he tried some Eastern philosophy like meditation as a lot of books and he's at a point where he's comfortable. So it's a good recovery. Okay, so you know where I am. Over the rainbow bomb at gmail.com. My Twitter feed is over the rain one bow. And my Instagram and Facebook, uh, search for OTR achieving mental health for real. And you should be able to find them. If not, let me know. Okay, so that's it for today. Um, I'll see you guys next time.